Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 372. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a once a month, sometimes <laughs> weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bring, uh, breaking down the top geek stories of the past week. Well, you can tell we haven't Rusty. done this in a while. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought we brought them to you. We don't break them down. We bring them, but we, we break down the top geek stories. We, we, we figure it out. We talk about them. We discuss them like friends do. And then we do the list where we break down the books that we are looking forward to coming out June 13th, 2018. Is this how things start? <laughs> is this is it. Yeah, like, something start. Hey guys, you know everything's this, breaking. Uh, down. I mean, we've been we've been doing it for like ten years. I mean, I, I always remember it this way. Now, <laughs> eventually, everything will just be a callback to something stupid I've done, and that's going to so, be. I mean, sooner or later, sooner or later, every uh, hello everybody becomes a hey guys. So you know, <laughs> yeah. that's growth, Paul. We call that growth. <laughs> I mean, uh, why would we want to keep doing it the same way? <laughs> Time after time after time, when we can do a new way now, <laughs> or we could just forget the old way we used to do it. <laughs> uh, this might be the earliest headphone moment for me. <laughs> oh, he's got the head. He's resting the head on the headphone. I'm, I'm sorry, head on the John. Did you say the say the date yet? I I couldn't. Yes, it was June thirteenth, two thousand eighteen. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're bringing you our monthly trade policy, and today it's actually a Paul baby. Yeah, it's uh, this is a spinoff of the Nickelodeon cartoon Avatar: The Legend of Korra, and this is Four, Volume One, and this actually takes place right after the series ends. Yeah, the like, series le- had two legit like that second. Yeah, it had two uh, seasons. Uh, three seasons. Did it have three? Yeah, the first yeah, three. The, the third season was a. Uh, the first, or yeah, it had the first two on Nickelodeon, and then the third one was direct to their streaming uh, streaming service. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I don't remember them opening up these things to the spirit world. But that's okay because you know what? I jumped right in, and uh, we'll discuss that book then. But first, we need a drink, and we're all drinking the same beer. We are. This is a beer that uh, I drank last night. But Chris, you want to introduce it? Uh, yeah, this is a beer that we actually uh, picked up at Thin Man Brewing when we were all together last month. I had the chance to come up for John and Paul's birthday as well as Mother's Day. Uh, so thank you, current wife Caitlin, for uh, for that. That was John's birthday present. Uh, we got to hang out. We went to a bunch of breweries, and one of the last ones we went to that day was Thin Man Brewing. It was actually my first time being there. Uh, and just so happened that they had two can releases there that day as well. Uh, and the first one we had was their Marble Tulip Juicy Tree in IPA with lactose that was brewed by them in conjunction with Captain Lawrence Brewing. John, I, I, I throw it over to you. Uh, this is just a nice, easy drinking IPA. There's <laughs> nothing super complex about it. Um, I think the only thing I would hold against this beer is the price point for a four-pack tall boy being upwards of $20 for the yeah. four-pack, where the beer really doesn't deliver the oomph for that price. Uh, the other beer we're going to be drinking from Thin Man, I think, does deliver that price, but yeah. this one, it's a good drinking beer. If the price point was a better one, I think it would be a, a, a top-notch, almost session-drinking beer. Yeah. Well, yeah uh, go ahead, Chris. No, because as soon as you said session, I was going to say 
this is a 7.1 ABV, but it does remind me a little bit of the, uh, oh my gosh, Founders All Day IPA. It has a very similar flavor profile, mm-hmm. but then it really levels out nice on the back end, and I'm assuming that's from the lactose, the milk sugar that was brewed with. Uh, it's really enjoyable. It's a nice, just crisp, flavorful IPA, but yeah, I don't think it's anything to write the soldiers about, as you said, John. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was uh, waiting because, you know, sometimes we record all separately. So I had a can of this in my fridge, you know, for a month with the mink, uh, Minky Boodle. And last night I came home from a two-year-old's birthday party, and I was just kind of tired. I was achy, and I'm like, I just want to sit down and drink something. And I'm like, damn, that beer has been in my fridge for a month. <laughs> Are we drinking it tomorrow for the show? Do I have to bring my own can, or can I just drink this damn thing before? Because I'm like, it's probably lost all its hoppy flavor anyways. It hasn't really lost much, but I don't know how much was there to begin with. Uh, I, yeah. I drank it because Chris went home with a can. Mm-hmm. You and I both kept a can, and then I was keeping the fourth can for the show. Right. Because I said... You drink yours, and then we'll save this one for when we can all do it, because you and I, like, yeah. no offense to Chris, you and I both bought the four-pack, so we should have at least one, one on our own to drink, and um, and we sent some home with Chris. So it was like, oh, yeah, no, you should you should drink it. I don't think this has changed almost anything, because I drank mine mm-hmm. probably a week okay. after because um, I, I, I legit forgot about it, and then I was like, oh, I have that. Oh, this is the perfect day to drink it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's good. It's refreshing. And the, the only thing I thought of was price point for what I got. Yeah, I, I was like, I was just thirsty, and I was kind of grumpy that I missed out on a brew tour, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I know, I, I it wasn't a bad day or anything, but it was just a long day where... I had to go over to my in-laws to do some work around their house. And then, like, I get a panic call from my mom to help set up for the party. She's like, no, I need a lot of help for the party. And I'm like, well, it's one fifteen now. How about I get there at about 2? She's like, no, I need you here now. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Let me leave my in-laws where I'm doing work to then go over to your <laughs> to, to, to help set up for the party and get all this stuff done. So it was, like, just a lot of lifting and carrying and just a lot of work. And you could have been in breweries. And I could have just been brewery. I could have just been brewery hopping. With a bunch of drunks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh some pretty good beers though. Yeah. I will say that. Uh and this I don't wanna I don't want to this... naysay this beer. It is a good beer. Um and for the fact that it's seven percent and it drinks like a session, that's good that it hides the alcohol, but the flavor I think I is more. is is a little bit missing. Yeah. If you give me that high alcohol, then I assume a higher flavor profile. And when that doesn't happen, when that correlation doesn't happen, I'm always let down because I'm like, I'd rather drink a lower alcohol beer at this point. Like, I would rather have the all-day IPA because I wouldn't feel bad about slamming, that, slamming uh, it down. Yeah, especially with a 15-pack being seventeen ninety nine yeah. and a 4-pack yeah. being 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Still have not tried the solid gold, which is... Che- even cheaper. Yeah, I still haven't seen that down here. It's a fourteen ninety nine uh, uh, lager mm-hmm. that tastes like um, if Labatt's made a cream ale. Well, it's not bad. I mean, that yeah doesn't sound that doesn't sound bad. You're but, not putting me off with that. No, but it's just like um, I don't know if you were in the mood for it. If I were in the mood for it, I would have one or maybe two. 
I, w- I wouldn't want 15. <laughs> okay. Oh, in your fridge? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm working on plans to go up to Michigan to see Lexi in August. Uh, I'm assuming they'll still have the, the solid gold there at that point, so oh, try it right at the brewery, but... It's a year-round It's a year round oh, beer, and board, I ba- Yeah. Bag and board boys trip. So uh, <laughs> I'll request off. Let's get going. I'm just... I'm assuming I'll still be there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah it seems like it's oh, yeah. be. They've really <clears throat> not a it. not a bad beer. That's no, right. yeah, it, they've completely they've completely redone the uh, the, like their tasting room there at the brewery where they used to have like the window where you could order your sandwiches, like your salads or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've now extended the bar out around that area, so now like you have to, like step up to the bar in front of like where the kitchen was. Um, but yeah. Complete sidebar. No, no, it's, uh, it sounds great. I, I do want to get back to that area, that Grand Rapids area. To uh, I, do I miss being tour. able to go to Founders whenever it sucks. Uh, yeah, no, I'd like to go there too. Since I've made a lot of brewery rep friends, and they're always telling me, "Come on out, we'll take care of you. We'll do a great job. We'll take you to this and this and this. We'll take you to the Barrel House." And I'm always like, "Yeah, yeah," but I got to make sure Chris and Paul are with me when we do it. Um, I'll I'll run it past Lexi. Maybe we can work out something. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do that in August because I'm yeah. spending a week in California in July. But you know, some later time. Yeah, another time. Well, maybe, maybe another. Uh, yeah, maybe we work something out. Yeah. Caitlin, vacation. Uh, vacation. Um, you know, next time instead of you coming up for uh, to Buffalo, we go. We all go to Michigan again. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that sounds like a great way to spend a weekend. Another way, great way to spend weekends is at the movie theaters, guys. Hey! And uh, that would bring us right into the Week in Geek. Let's break down this news! <laughs> Let's break it down. <laughs> I'm going to break down the numbers for you because uh, we haven't covered any of these uh, openings. But uh, oh. The only opening we've covered for our summer blockbuster movie, Blockbuster has been Super Troopers 2, I think. Yeah, at $15.2 million. Which I think is... we talked... We talked uh... Did we talk Avengers? I think we talked Avengers. Wars, which it was all of our picks to win the week. Okay. This, uh, this series, or yeah, this bracket, at uh, 257.7 million. Uh, Solo, you know, there's been a lot of buzz that it is not doing well, and granted, it is trailing behind Justice League, the movie numbers, at uh, 80, it opened with 84.4 million. Um, this weekend, we saw. Oh! The uh, the big surprise, or not surprise, depending on your perspective, Deadpool two opened with one hundred and twenty five point five million, uh, and then we this week we saw the release of Oceans eight at forty one point five million dollars, and that is actually our first matchup. It's Oceans eight versus uh, Super Troopers two, so Oceans eight will move on, uh, and it will face the winner of Solo, a Star Wars story, and Sicario. Uh, Number two. Yes, Sicario. So it looks like Solo probably will move on. Um, I'm, I have avoided any kind of box office movie stuff until we had a chance to sit down and discuss this. I just knew that Solo wasn't doing great, uh, which I'm surprised by. Uh, I've talked to Paul about this when we recorded our Not episode uh, mm-hmm. last week. I talked to John about it today. Neither one of you guys have seen this movie yet. And it took me a week to see it as well because, you know, life happens. Yeah. 
uh, I still really wanted to see it. I don't know if maybe everyone else is running into the same thing, but after seeing it, I don't know why this movie isn't performing better. It's it's a good movie. It I think it stands up alongside like the better of the Star Wars franchise films. Uh, it's just not getting people into the seats. So I kind of wanted to like talk to you guys a little bit more about that as to what you think might be the reasons for it. Uh, I, I think what you have is you had like two weeks where you went and saw uh, Avengers. Mm-hmm. And then the following week you might have had a, you had a bye week. You didn't do anything. And like for me, Deadpool came out. And it took us a little bit to go see Deadpool, but we saw that. And now it's just like, oh, well, now let's go see another movie. Like, it's almost like... You bought movie pass, though. Oh, I know. I know, but it's still like... You signed up for that life. (laughs) No, I know. And it's like, oh, yeah, we can go and do this. Or do you just want to be homebodies? Or do you want to go out on the patio? Do you want to go sit outside and go go here? Like, there's... It's... There's more stuff to do. Like, when we got movie pass, it was... February, March, and April, where it was cold as hell. So, yeah, let's go see a movie. Let's go see a movie. Now it's like, ah, it's really nice out to it. You want to go see a movie? But also, it was like, it is a little bit movie fatigue. Hmm. I don't know. I'm shaking my head at you because you sound like Dallas Stars or Carolina Hurricane fans, where they say, of course, people in Buffalo go see the, you know, go to the hockey games and see the Sabres play because what else are they going to do? It's so cold. Like, we got nice weather, so we're going to do everything else except go see the hockey game. Like, why would we spend time going to see a hockey game? Are you talking sports? Yeah. He's, he's trying to uh, yeah. <coughs> work sports Why, why, why spend time in so, the theater if I can actually uh, be outside and do cool stuff? I'm, I'm on box office mojo right mm-hmm. now. Because uh, this, this website's awesome. It is. So I'm looking at the, the top four-day Memorial Day weekends for all the movies that have come out since 1982 until present. Solo, a Star Wars story, is actually ranked seven. It's behind The Hangover, Part 2, X-Men Days of Future Past, Fast and the Furious 6, X-Men Last Stand, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Now, Paul, I read those to you in opposite order. So, Hangover is Part 6, Days of Future Past is 5, Fast and Furious is 4, X-Men Last Stand is 3, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull is number two. The number one Memorial Day weekend movie is Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. All of those movies definitely made their mark on their respective fandoms, but none of them were great. Mm -hmm. So they've all performed decently. Like Pirates of the Caribbean did 139 million its opening, like four day Memorial Day weekend. Solo's done 103 million. Yeah, if you yeah, you have to that, end that's, that. That's next not time. a huge that's not a huge difference between the number 1 and the number 7 for these are all like considered blockbuster movies. Right, but the expectation so is different for the each ex- one. The expectation is it's all going to be different and I think everyone's coming into solo expecting it to do Star Wars money, which is what I did. I think I had this as my number 2 in the bracket. I don't have my I thought it was going to do better than here. Deadpool. Just because, like, looking like, at even looking at Rogue One, I'm like, oh, Rogue One broke a hundred million opening weekend, and it doesn't have that hall, you know, and that wasn't a holiday re- or holiday weekend release either. And it took, I, I think, the extra day for Solo to break that. 
And yeah. the other thing that people are now saying, because it's been out longer than just a weekend, is that second week drop off, 64% drop off. Normally, you see between 45 and 50% drop off, having that extra, what, 14% people were really surprised by. So it isn't just that, uh, you know, people, you know, spent Memorial Day weekend doing something else. Even that following weekend, people did not make the time to go see Solo. And people that did see uh, it maybe the first time are not coming back to the theater to see it a second. It's it's still the number two movie at the box office, though. Right now, it's behind Ocean's 8. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what it is about movies right now, because even Deadpool is number three. Like, Deadpool did $13 million this last weekend. Solo did fifteen. Are Maybe we're just looking at more of, like, a slow burn for movies that are coming out right now in between, like, the big, big blockbusters like Avengers or whatever the next one's going to be. Like, Incredibles is probably going to be, like, the next big movie of this. Yeah. I think it's going to be Incredibles is going to be the next one that I'm hoping it does better than Deadpool 2, but that's because of the bracket. I, I think it will. I mean, it's a, a it's a family family movie versus Deadpool, which everyone now knows is definitely R-rated. $125 million, though. That's a big number. That's... It's a number to number to make. But we had a lot of uh, movies still coming out this summer. And uh, a lot yeah. of uh, movies that just got, uh, what do they call Trailers released. Guys. Trailers. Halloween. Uh, Paul, Paul, fun fact. Uh, movie trailers are called trailers because they actually used to show at the end oh. of the movie. So you would see your movie and then while everyone was getting up to leave because they had the credits at the beginning of the films they would have the movie trailers to be like, hey, here's what you can see next. It wasn't done as, like, the, the preview. Hmm. They also didn't Fun sell... Fact. They didn't sell popcorn inside the theater. They used to sell it on the outside. John, this headphone over here, this jacket's dead. So there's no sound oh, there's... Phone. Okay. Yeah. That jack's dead, John. Oh, I, dead. I turned off my mic thinking that I wanted to be on mic when I... Breaking news. Well, he still picked up on John's. Yeah. It's okay. So that's... What... <laughs> All right. I was just wondering where... It sounded like we were picking Chris up on the well, recording. probably just... Yeah, yeah, picking up each other. All right, uh, you guys want to discuss Halloween while I go use the restroom? Uh, yeah, the we got uh, the new Halloween trailer, um, and this is coming from um, Blumhouse. Blumhouse, but it's also uh, written by uh, what's the guy from Eastbound and Down? Um, uh, man, just... I I don't know the the guy that played. Uh... The baseball player? Yeah. I'm blanking uh, the character. Uh, Danny. Uh, Danny McBride. Uh, yeah, Danny McBride. Written, really? written by Danny McBride. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, he worked on the screenplay. Um, and this is the original John Car- Carpenter Halloween 1 and 2 happen. All those other movies have not. And this is a <coughs> continuation from those original two movies. Okay, here's my problem with the Halloween movies because there have been so many of them over the last 40 years. And I I know I've seen most of them, but every one takes place in its own time or its own spinoff, like semi-different universe. It's confusing because I don't know where this one fell in relationship to everything else. But with a Halloween movie, I'm just like, okay, Michael Myers, dude in a mask killing people, I'm in. Sign me up. Uh, but I was excited to see Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. 
And then upon watching the trailer for this, I was like, oh shit, she's super badass now. Uh, yeah, she's someone who lives through an incident with uh, Michael Myers and is now uh, hell-bent to be able to protect herself if he ever does get out. And is someone who... Which, spoilers, he's being transported and the bus he uh, is on crashes and Michael's out and about again. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it just looks like it's... It's just going to be a good, and I, I don't want to say, like, fun horror movie, but it is, it's it's going to touch those no, things that you know about Michael Myers. It's going to hit a bit of the mythos, but it doesn't look like it's trying to explain the mythos or explain the character. It just looks like it's going to be... It's the mom Michael, the whole time. Michael Myers <laughs> killing people, which it should be. Yeah, uh, two of my favorite parts in the in the trailer, you can watch them to see this. And then, you know, come back right now so I can say, and you'll be like, yeah, mine too. Uh, <laughs> when Michael drops the teeth over the bathroom stall door to the girl that's peeing, and then, like, she presumably dies. That's uh, just an awesome, like, horror movie moment. And then the second one is, I think, towards the end of the trailer, where the kid's in bed, and he's, like, talking to his mom, and he's like, can you close the closet door? And she, like, goes to, like, push the door shut. And, like, Michael's standing there, so... It's like hitting him and it's not shutting all the way. And then finally she opens it and you just see him there. And then he like picks up the knife. Those are the Michael Myers moments that maybe be like, okay, like I, I want to see this movie. Uh, yeah. Plus Jamie Lee Curtis, like just stroding it up. Yeah. Uh, no, it looks great. And those are two of, uh, my favorite scenes. And that's not a mom. That's a babysitter, Chris. Oh, is it? Okay. Sorry. My bad. It always has to be those babysitters. Uh, the other scene I like is when, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is out in the middle of the street and she's looking around and she sees Michael in a bedroom window and pulls out like yeah. a magnum to shoot him. <laughs> and like she shoots, goes through the window and it hits uh, a mirror because it was only a reflection of oh. Michael in there. Yeah, Michael's getting smart. And I was just like, oh man, that's cool. Well, didn't the Joker no, I... back plane with a magnum? Yeah, no, that was more than a magnum. That was a, that magnum was a with god a, killer of a gun. That was a magnum with a freaking pipe the tel- attached the to telescope, it. Uh, telescope, telescopic, uh, telescopic lens. Or, uh, I I will say this is the barrel. first Halloween movie that I've really looked forward to since the first Rob Zombie one. Uh, I would agree. Most of those, I think you and I saw Halloween H two O. In the mm-hmm. theaters, Chris, back in like yeah. early 2000, whenever that came out. Was that the 20th or the 20th anniversary? The, no, it was the 20th anniversary. Oh, yeah. And um, we saw that. Well, and it, I mean, again. That was a big one because they were like, oh, Jamie Curtis is coming back in it. Yeah. And it had Michelle Williams in it, too. I remember that. that the, I was like, oh. And Busta Rhymes. Ray Dawson's. Is that the one in space? No, that's Jason. That's uh, oh, Friday that's the 13th. Hockey, that's a hockey mask guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the William Shatner deformed yes. mask guy. Yep. Uh, but, it, yeah, it looks uh, it looks fun. Um, another one that looks incredibly fun uh, that's coming out is... Incredibles 2? Because he said incredibly fun. <laughs> no, it'd be... If you don't throw it to Incredibles 2, you are wrong. I mean, we, we, we could we, we talk about it. talk about that, design. but we're going to talk maybe about the Incredible Spider-Man... With oh. Enter the Spider-Verse. Oh. Into, Into the Spider-Verse. The Spider-verse. Still wrong. <laughs> Still wrong. 
We've already talked about Incredibles, and we didn't oh, yeah. mention that we were going to talk about Incredibles. It's been a long time since we started this episode. Uh, oh, Paul, I'm going to break it down to you. We talk about what we're going to talk about before the show, oh. and then we talk about it in the show. Oh, good, good, good. So, the- But yeah, the next one was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So uh, it looks spectac- spectacularly fun, is what John's trying yes. to say. Not incredibly fun, because that would be the Hulk or the Incredibles. Isn't there an Incredibles? Or it could, be, it could be amazingly fun. It could be amazingly. Yeah. But not <laughs> incredibly. You know, this looks this looks really cool. It looks incredible, you say. In my breakdown, I think it's incredible. Oh, okay. So explain <laughs> the incredibility of this. Why whoa. Why is it above its normal credibility to make it incredible? Uh, I think just the absolute look of it. I think when they were making this, they chose a color scheme for the for the book for the sh- movie, and I think they also chose not to do an animated movie where they're following suit with the look of the Pixar characters. This book, this movie has a look all its own, and. It, it looks like almost like a comic book coming to life. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate about that about this book. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, think the, I think the character designs are Pixar, uh, Pixar-esque. Like the dad with that, you know, kind of a more rounded nose. And he's kind of got a, you know, he's got a very, all, everything's very round about him. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, so the character, the look of it, the feel of it being like a mix between hand-drawn and computer animation, almost a cel-shaded kind of thing, almost, uh, what is it called when you hand-draw over live video? Uh, rotoscoping. Rotoscoped. Yeah, almost like a rotoscoped uh, look and feel to this movie is different. It is definitely not Pixar. It is its own thing. And it, with the captions popping up and thought balloons popping up as Spider-Man goes through, it feels... Like it's its own work, and and that is quite incredible. incredible. <laughs> you knew I was. You knew I was. Um, doing it. <laughs> no, I I think the animation in this looks completely slick. I was a fan of the the Spider Verse crossover that actually happened in the Spider Man comic books. This seems to be semi based on that. Um, it's just Spider Man from across different dimensions teaming up to face a threat. They don't say too much about it, uh, but we're getting a uh, deadbeat Peter Parker. We get Miles Morales in this trailer. We finally got to see uh, Spider Gwen's in the movie too. The very end. It, I, I, it just looks so cool. I, I have no other words to describe it, but like, man, like just visually, it's it's got its hooks in me. Like, I can't wait for this movie. My only concern is what this movie is going to spawn because I think you're going to see a lot of studios now doing their own like weird, quirky animated films. That's going to just flood the market. And then people are going to kind of be like, Oh, well, okay, this isn't a thing. And the studios or filmmakers that do this well, like what we're seeing here with into the spider verse are going to then have to step away from it because like, Oh, well, it's just, it's not, viable anymore. I don't know, because well, we had Big Hero, uh, what, Big Hero 6 come mm-hmm. out several years ago, uh, and that did... Yeah, but I mean, that's also from from Disney, though. I mean, if you go back before that, if you look at all the box animated stuff and things that came out from DreamWorks, like Shark's Tale, yeah. th- th- those are all things that came out of people just being like, oh, like let's make another... We got a lot of crap. 
But the thing is, we always go back to the studios that do it well. Like, we always go back to Pixar, and we'll always go back to Disney, and if Sony can do this animation style well and be best in class, then they can continue on doing this look and feel for things. And we'll keep on going back, and the shaft will fall right. to the wayside. And we'll pick and choose which ones we see. Like, Shark's Tale, I never, I don't, I don't even know what that... I vaguely remember that movie uh, coming out, but it... Shark movie starring Jack Black and Will Smith. Okay. Didn't, yeah. didn't see it. Um, I think there's lots of those animated movies that come out that I, I don't see. Uh, and, uh, and even the ones that you like, you fall asleep during. Yeah, that's true. Man, that, that Pixar dog movie was really short. (laughs) Wait, I haven't seen that yet. I, I wanted to though. I love dogs. Oh, uh, that's, that's Wes Anderson. I was talking about, Oh wait, which one was the one with the dog? He's the, got, it's like a puppy. A puppy. Oh, the the short film Feast. Yeah, Feast with no. Winston, the dog. No, no, no. It's got Alec Baldwin does a voice, but it's like a like a little dog who wants to be a cop. What? That's I'll, not I'll a find picture. It. Paul, That's not. Chris, are you, John, are you having a no, stroke? Chris, I watched it with you and I slept through it, it and then I was like, man, that was a short movie. It wasn't a Pixar movie, was it? Secret Life of Dogs? Secret no. Life of Pets? No. Well no. before that. It was when, when Chris lived with Bill. You sure it wasn't about a rabbit that wanted to be a police officer? Well, maybe Utopia? John Travolta was a voice in it. Oh, Bolt. Bolt. See? Okay, yeah. It none of that's what happened in that movie. I know, because I fell asleep. <laughs> I, uh, the movie started, right. I slept, I woke up, and then all of a sudden credits rolled, and I went, oh, that was a really short movie. Okay, that it makes sense now that you had all of the facts wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, we also got a, another trailer for what I think is going to be a fun movie with Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, I really enjoyed the first Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, I think this one's going to be kind of fun too. Paul, I know you had your... Misgivings? Uh, yeah, about... Wreck-It Ralph because you wanted more video game references in it, but... Yeah, and it gets tied up in its own story, I, I, in its own I'm okay. With, I'm okay with what, what I got. Like, I wanted references. I didn't want a whole movie just based off of, like, people saying uh, things. I just... Ralph Breaks the Internet, though, seems to be a lot more in line with that, though. Like, it's a lot more internet crossover, it looks like. Yeah, but then they spend the most of the trailer at the website, Oh My Disney. And it's like, well, I mean, it is, it is a Disney movie. Right. So they're no longer like, okay, we're going to reference things, but now we own everything. So we're just going to reference <laughs> the stuff that we own with Marvel and uh, Star Wars. Because Wreck-It Ralph, the first one, came out before they owned Star Wars, correct? I believe so. Yeah. So now, not, not 100%, they, but I believe they so. Probably, they, I don't think they owned Marvel yet, but maybe when they were writing and producing the film, you know, because these take forever to produce. Um, now it's like, oh, we're going to reference all this stuff on our own. So it seems like it's even more insular, even though it's trying to be more expansive. And like, oh, we're on the internet. We can go anywhere. Yet. Well, oh. also at that point, though, I think it's just easier for them to do because now they own everything. Right. So they don't have to like say, like, okay, we're going to approach this company and we're going to pay this much for this character to be on screen for like 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like now they can just get approval from in-house divisions. Right. I know. I, I just thought the first trailer with them doing the uh, pancakes go to the kitty, milkshakes go to the rabbit. Like, 
that seemed fun, and it was like it seemed more expansive where they were going to explore other things. If they get trapped in like, oh, this is going to be a whole bunch of Disney fan, like, well, again, I think you saw basically everything that's going to happen in that scene in the trailer. Like okay. that's like a quick cut in moment. I love seeing Rapunzel. Might be like Don't enough- get me wrong. I, I know you do. That's one of your books coming up yep. for, for the list. If you can give me more, uh, Rapunzel, uh, more uh, Rapunzel. I think, too, uh, but is even like they were making a joke that after Wreck-It Ralph, everyone was like, oh, well, the little girl is, uh, she's a Disney princess now. So I mm-hmm. think they were throwing that in as the joke, you know, like, as the joke is, oh, people made a big reference about this after the movie ended, so now we're going to throw it in well, there. Well, they make a reference during that movie that she's a princess. Yeah, but... Yeah, but now she's a now Disney she's princess. a Disney princess. Oh. So then you have the moment where she's with all the mm-hmm. Disney princesses. It's a fun, it's that's a fun little thing that everybody talked about after the movie. Yeah. So they also that. Uh, also something to look forward to. And now you know, uh, Alan Tudyk does play the voice of the search engine because mm. he's now in every single Disney movie. He's yeah. he's just there. John, uh, he's the they have John Rasenberg. Yes. Uh, Who's also in the Pixar movie? What uh, something we did forget to talk about uh, is also we got another animated movie trailer. What, it wasn't uh, in the breakdown. That wasn't in the breakdown. But uh, How to Train Your Dragon three. Ooh. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about that one. Uh, but that one, I've I haven't seen any of those in the theater. I've saw them all secondhand on on DVD, borrowing them from people. But I've enjoyed every one of them. I enjoyed the first one. I haven't seen the second. The second one's the second one's good. Fun. And it has uh the thing with those movies is they have a lot of heart. And definitely this next trailer is gonna definitely have heart again. The trailer didn't do anything for me. But also the trailers for the first two movies didn't do anything for mm-hmm. me because I was like, Oh, I think I saw the first one after the second one had come out and they didn't interest me, but then once I've seen them I'm like, Oh no, I wanna see those. So it's another movie that I would actually probably see How to Train Your Dragon Three before I'd go to the theater to see Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, I only saw How to Train Your Dragon when it came out. I think it was on Netflix or something because I had heard good things about it. And after I watched it, I was like, okay, wow, that was really good. And then I saw How to Train Your Dragon 2 in the theaters. I will probably see the third one. Um, I know they had a deal with Netflix where they were doing the like the animated series. I tried to watch it. The pieces were there, but it just didn't feel the same. So nothing against it. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, this movie, though, the trailer made me be like, this movie's going to make me cry because I completely forgot at the beginning of the very first movie. It starts off with Hiccup doing like the narration that says, like, when I was a kid, there were dragons. Uh, it seems like they've reached a critical mass for dragons in their world, and now they just basically have to get rid of them all. Uh, and we're going to see that. And I know it's going to ultimately end with, like, a heartbreaking goodbye between Hiccup and Toothless. And I do want to see that. Uh, I think it does look like it's going to be a lot of fun, kind of to steal what John said before, because it doesn't look like it's going to be fun. But yeah, these movies are kind of, I I don't want to say sleeper hits for DreamWorks, because I mean, they've obviously done well enough, but it's something that I never remember existing until a new one comes out. Yeah, and you do get to see uh, an older hiccup with a beard too. Ooh. Like, yeah, he's grizzled. Yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely one that I want to see. And to me, those every single one of those movies have have had heart. 
Like, and it just, uh, I think I'm, I'm more excited about that than anything else, but it wasn't the trailer that did it for me. It was just the fact that you get to go back to that world. I have a, a strong connection with these movies cause I've liked every single one of them. I think we borrowed the first one from you. Yeah, you borrowed the first one from me. Kate actually brought that home. She she borrowed it from somebody at work, and then we eventually bought it because we're like, no, this is a really fun movie. And, you know, we have – I think anybody that has a pet <laughs> could enjoy yeah. How to Train Your Dragon because it's basically a story of, you know, loving your pet. <laughs> you know, a, a, an animal that you got to respect and love and care for but also has their own personality quirks and, you know – Understand coming to no, understand them. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there. You're right. Absolutely right. Well, thank you. Ne- that's welcome, never Paul. happened before. Only time I'll say it this episode. <laughs> no, never. Uh, but our I think our final trailer that we have was for the Transformers spinoff Bumblebee. And as soon as I watched this trailer, I was like, "Holy crap! This is what I think Transformers should have been, and what I wanted to be from the beginning." Because this trailer is basically a movie that i would have watched in the 80s growing up where it's kid meets a lovable robot that's already involved in this intergalactic war with the decepticons but there's more heart to it than just giant machines punching each other which is what we got from the actual first transformers movie and also the design of this robot is more chunkier and rounder where it's more you know set big pieces versus the overly intricate gears and things that are twirling for no reason constantly in the first couple Transformers movies where you're like, I don't know what to focus on because everything's moving yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, the sad thing about this is uh, whether this movie does good or bad, they're rebooting it, the Transformers series anyways. So you well, were, this is- we're getting this as the thing that, yeah, like Chris said, like, this is what I would have wanted out of all of those Transformers movies. They're yeah, getting this is it. like your short circuit, like Iron Giant. This is hitting you right in the heart before it's like, okay, robot action. Uh, and they're getting it right. And then this isn't going to be the precursor to, the, hey, we got it right. Here's this new series. Hey, we got it right. Take that all away. <laughs> Never mind. Doing it again I mean, we, in a new way. We can hope that they. We can hope that they learn something from this. Though. We can hope that they. This movie does well, and people like it enough that they can say, "Like, okay, well, maybe we we need to inject a little bit of this into where Transformers go. Maybe. Not just play up the nostalgia, play up the fact that like people have feelings for these characters, but then they also want to see a fun, awesome, action-packed, heart-filled movie. And I don't need to see them like Merlin. Whatever happened in the last one, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen it. But it's Optimus Prime riding on top of a dinosaur. Wait, was that two movies ago? That was two movies ago. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's like, no, Optimus Uh, Prime has a sword. He's on Grimlock. He's always had a sword. He's had a sword for all all the movies. Or he had a battle axe in one of them. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, the problem with that, the last Transformers movie is Michael Bay always wanted to make a uh, King Arthur movie and never had the ability to, so he just forced it into a Transformers movie. Hmm. But anyways, uh, but we we got some um, some more interesting and disturbing news coming out of the Stan Lee estate. Uh, 
literally the estate because his house was attacked by gunmen. The police, yeah, police are called where armed gunmen were trying to break into the Stanley estate or something just absolutely insane about the whole thing. And it's like, this poor old guy, like, the entire year has been nothing but crazy stuff happening to him. His blood being stolen and used to sign books, uh, elderly abuse allegations, hospitalization, like, it's just crazy. And then every week we t- you turn around, there's some other crazy news about Stan Lee. Yeah. So I I just pulled it up to get the specifics. Um, and this is according to an eyewitness. There were two guys standing outside Stanley's house, which I, I don't know how you know where Stanley lives. I mean, I'm sh- sure you could probably find it, but I, I, I'm on online right now and I don't even want to Google that. Like, it's just too much work. But there were two people standing outside his house shouting, saying that they want their money. And then as soon as they realized that the people had guns, um, everyone went back inside. And Stan was there with his lawyer, business partner, and a nurse. Uh, at the time, so three different people are just so, one person. So, well, two people two people were there outside demanding money, but Stan was there with um, his lawyer, business partner, and a nurse. So, okay, he yeah. was inside so with three a people. lawyer, yeah. a business uh, his business. Okay, partner, I wasn't sure if the lawyer was the business partner, and the, the, I didn't wasn't sure. You know, that's okay. But yeah, at that at that point, the police were called, and then. Uh, the cops came with helicopters, hmm. and then they arrested the people. So, but like, just leave the poor guy alone. Let him, let Stan enjoy his golden years as much as he can. Like he, he's given us so much, and he's also worked with other people that have given us so much that don't get attacked by vampires or gunmen. <laughs> just, you just let the guy live. He needs a life model decoy more than anyone I know right now, right? Uh, hire me. I can put on glasses, and I'll walk around and talk like Stan. I've heard the story. <laughs> You'd be a great Stan. You'd be a With little t- none of the money. I know it. I can wear a cardigan and, like, a button-up shirt with a tie. Fake mustache. I don't even need a fake mustache. I'll just put my finger in my face like man at arms. <laughs> man at arms. Uh. Uh, and then we throwbacks. <laughs> we also got some E three news that I know Chris is really excited about. Yeah, uh, we finally got the release date for Kingdom Hearts three. It's going to be coming out January 29th, twenty nineteen. Wait a second. That's uh, five. E- I'm sorry, Chris. That seems yeah. like a really simple name title for a Kingdom Hearts game. You sure it's not Kingdom well, it, Hearts I mean, three? The, the actual core games are just real easy titles. One, two, three. It's the spinoff and ancillary games that get those. 365 difficult. days over Dosecum or something? Yeah. they. Well, Duodecim was a Final Fantasy spinoff game. But regardless, um, I can't wait for this game to come out. I'm going to have to get a PS4 to play this. So I played all the other Kingdom Hearts games Besides most of those crappy spinoffs, because they're just cash grabs, I thought. Um, it looks awesome, though. I I can't wait to get back into this universe. Um, Paul, a game I sent you a text message about last night was the new Bioware 
um, MMO action RPG anthem. Yeah, it's an MMO. So I'm I'm not automatically not that interested in it. And everybody that basically worked on the original Mass Effect one and two game has left Bioware. So it's like you know what? Uh, maybe they should go back to being a business where they you know did blood analysis for doctors. Because I'm kind of done with them making video games. Wow, I'm yeah. surprised, especially after our not episode well, where we talked about Bioware. Hey, I got everything that I could. Everything that's great that they've done. I have. I don't think they're making great things anymore. Like it, uh, the game definitely seems like an answer to Destiny mm-hmm. uh, from over at was it EA Activision? Uh, it's Activision Destiny. Activision. Yeah. Um, I know it. It looks pretty cool. There's only like a few minutes of actual gameplay footage that they really saw. The rest was just um, cinematic trailer. I thought Destiny looked cool. I know it's had its issues with uh, players just because the difficulty curve on it, it seems like almost like Final Fantasy XI, where if you want to do something in that game, you have to be teamed up with a group of people, and at that point then even the rewards aren't worth the play. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I I would be interested in checking this one out. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't have any need or want to really go play Andromeda, especially since it was released with so many bugs. Like, And that's a single-player game. And then you're telling me that this same studio is going to release a massively multiplayer online game, which is are always known for launch bugs. I, I would stay away for it, from it for at least three months, hope that it gets fixed, and then read some reviews. So that's why I'm not like looking forward to it. Because even Mass Effect 3 had, had some... Uh, game crashing bugs on both the xbox and pc so um I, i'm more excited what's rocksteady doing anything is you know uh, they're batman games i weren't thinking um there's been rumors that they're working on a superman game there's been stuff leaked about it but i don't think it's actually been announced or confirmed yet yeah Talking about a game that gets released with a lot of bugs. Well, who's doing? Who does Red uh, Red uh, Red Dead Red Redemption? Dead. Is uh, that's Rockstar? Rockstar. Yeah, R- Rocksteady is the one that did yeah. the Batman Arkham. I get the two confused. Mm-hmm. Well, no, yeah. it makes sense. Uh, also, over at they both hire Troy uh, the Rock Johnson to do their spokesmanship because they're both the Rock. Uh, Start with the Rock. Uh, EA also announced a new Star Wars game. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is going to take place between episodes three and four, uh, where you'll be playing as a Jedi being hunted down, which could be cool. It's coming out from Respawn Entertainment, the company that did Titanfall, and before that did the better Call of Duty games, I think. I, they're the ones that did... Yes, Respawn, the, yeah. Like the Modern Warfare, was it? Yeah, Respawn broke off, and then they created... Uh, what's the big mech game? That came out. Titanfall. Titanfall. Yeah, that's Respawn. So they were the ones that originally did the better of the Call of Duties. I'd be interested to see yeah. what they do. I'm, I've been I've been really hoping for a good Star Wars I played uh, X-Wing last night. I was just <laughs> flying around, man. I was like, sh- just I just wanted to shoot things down. Yeah. And unfortunately, I forget that you have to do all the stupid training missions and then some like really stupid missions where you're just like, Oh, nope, you jumped to hyperspace too soon, so therefore you failed your mission. And I'm like, I destroyed everything you needed to destroy. What was I waiting on? 
You got to oh. plot. If you don't plot, oh. you're going to oh, land the, in the middle of a star. Oh, the, the Corvette didn't, you know, go to hyperspace first, so therefore, uh, you know, stuff like that. But no, it was fun to fly around, even in, you know, 1980, 1998 graphics. It's fun. I have no follow-up for I'm that. I'm sorry. I, I do have another beer, though. Hey, so do we. Yeah, and uh, let's crack that beer up when we talk a little bit about Wolverine coming back. Oh, God, I forgot about this. <laughs> this is some BS comic book news that's only going to be news for like three, maybe one one to two story arcs, and then everybody's going to be like, whoa, that was stupid. And then, <laughs> and then it'll be on a listicle somewhere in ten years like, these stupid comic book mistakes actually made it into the story. Or 20 different superpowers you didn't know Wolverine had. Uh, like, not only know. did I share this to you, I put it up on the Facebook page mm-hmm. because I just was like, this is this is stupid. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine coming back, uh, breaking out of the adamantium that had once held him captive. And uh, in doing so, Charles Soule and Steve McNiven... Um, coming back after doing the death of uh, Wolverine, mm-hmm. and uh, with this, uh, Charles Saul was like, "Oh, we can't just—he can't just come back. He's got to come back with something extra." And what is that? His claws heat up. Shink, shink. Toast, toast. <laughs> but, but they're also since adamantium's the hardest metal, they can also be the sharpest metal, so they can cut through anything, anyways. Right. So, what does heat do? It's, now they're cauterizing. Zzz, zzz, zzz. Yeah, but it, it doesn't. It serves no purpose because <laughs> if I see Wolverine coming at me already with his claws out, I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. Okay. But then you're like, it doesn't matter if they're hot. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, are those smoking? Like, yeah, because uh, at a thermal he never dynamics, he has to go hungry. He can cook hot dogs on his claws now. He doesn't have to dip them in the fire. Just boom. Put it on a roll, and he's got a hot dog. He's got a hot dog. Dude's eating wieners left and right. <laughs> but he's cooking I those. I feel in- like this. He's cooking those hot dogs backwards, though, from the inside out. You're not getting crispy skin. You're getting no, crispy he's middle. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna hold them no. out. No. Like the grill marks on. <laughs> he just because his his claws usually have that natural arc, and he just, just roll. roll he just rolls like them a, like a lacrosse stick <laughs> yeah. in a ball. Yeah. You're just gonna. He's just rolling them on the inside of his claws. That's. We were making such a weird gesture. <laughs> and I hope the listeners understand what I mean by a lacrosse stick with a lacrosse ball. Uh, I, I don't know if lacrosse is that big anywhere else. I don't know. But I think you're dwelling on lacrosse not. too much. This is stupid. I, I think I think Charles Soule fell asleep at a Marvel meeting somewhere. Um, they were talking about Wolverine. And then someone like, like Charles, and what we got for the new series? And he woke up, he's like, Claws, you know? <laughs> How do we make Wolverine like, the hot character again? And they're, they're like, what was that? And it's like, uh, his, his claws heat up now. I don't What time is it? I think he was, he, Charles Saul was smoking a J with Stan Lee. And uh, he was like, hey, you know, oh, shit, there's gunmen outside. <laughs> he was like, oh, man, we need to burn up all this weed. What do we do? Oh, man, if Wolverine was here and his claws, his claws lit up, I'd... It doesn't make any sense. You would just say, if Cyclops was here. Because <laughs> he would just burn them with his eyes. No, but... With- They're actually force beams. They don't conduct heat. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, then, his, his claws. 
how much contact does he really have with anything for how long? Because thermal dynamics, it takes a while to actually heat up something. Like, you can't, like, those claws would have to be so hot to actually transfer heat that quickly I know. that it wouldn't matters. Wouldn't they melt his he skin melt away? His... And wouldn't they radiate to the rest he of his He has a healing factor, though, so. Yeah. It just doesn't So make they would constantly sense. be burning his fists, and like Chris said, the healing factor would constantly be healing it. But he would constantly have either a sunburn or blisters at the knuckles. At the very the unless thing, just a t- which we kind of we kind of had that before after he had had like the animantium strip from his body like he was kind of messed up for a bit. The most interesting thing they did with Wolverine is when they killed him and then they brought in Old Man Logan. I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed those Old Man Logans. That Old Man Logan in the new universe, it it worked. I kind of I liked it, yeah. and it was the most interesting thing they had done with Wolverine. Now to bring him back with light-up claws, like, it's just stupid. You could do the same thing with the regular Wolverine and make him old man just by being like, no, he was, he's was he got the healing factor. He's been alive for a hundred years. He can look just the same and be an old man. Yeah. yeah. but no, it was, I've like, been looking like an old no man work. since I was 23. I, I know. But the the interesting thing was it was this this Wolverine that had lived to where he actually got gray his his powers would had been waning and he lived through an apocalypse and now is in this real world where he was kind of out of the apocalypse into a world where he's trying to keep that apocalypse from happening. It was a really good storyline. Yeah. Uh, I've read I think almost all of the I've read the first four volumes. Of it, and I have the next three because I've actually enjoyed it. I just haven't gotten around to reading it, and it's well done. I'm reading a, a Wolverine uh, series basically, um, and it's done really well because the regular Wolverine lived through no apocalyptic endings, like World War Two or the Nagasaki bomb, right? I, well, like, I, what, I don't know. What, what are you fighting me on here? I'm not. I'm just saying you could do that. You could do those same stories with the regular Wolverine. Yeah. You don't need to have two of them running around in the universe. Exactly. The I'm saying they killed the one. They brought the other one in. That was the most interesting thing they've done. Right. I'm just. Saying, I don't need. I don't need two Wolverines running. I think this is the stupidest thing. Leave them dead. We have Wolverine. They've put him on every single X Men team and Avengers team. Anyways, is the old man Logan. Why do we need two Wolverines? That's our argument right now. I'm like, I'd rather have regular Logan or Wolverine that actually remembers some of the stuff that he's lived through and is battling against those things happening again. And you're saying, no, I'd rather have old man Logan that's lived through, like, this alternate He's he's lived through up until a point, like, you say, like, he lived up to 2020. Mm -hmm. And at 2020 is the break. And this Logan has come back years before that apocalypse has started. So when he comes back, he actually starts hunting down the people who he knows were causes of it. And then when he finds cable. out that this is no longer his world, yeah, <laughs> he's Cable. And you don't need Old sense. Man Logan. You got Cable to tell that story. You could tell those same stories as Old Man Logan, but just put it in the perspective of him being like, oh, no, this is like what happened during the lead up to World War II. Or this is what happened when people thought they were so smart okay, and dropped a bomb. But nobody, nobody's come up with that, that idea. Story. So they, they just rehashed Cable to make him Wolverine. And I, you know what? You haven't, I, you haven't, I haven't read, read it, it. So you right. don't know how this connects. And I think it is really well done. And it's, an enjo- it's a Wolverine. I'm just saying it's a Wolverine that I found interesting where for the last how many years I have not found Wolverine okay. interesting. Yeah, it's fair. it's fair. 
Are you reading Wolverine books? No, because I don't care about Wolverine. <laughs> exactly. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try to read. Chris, do you have a quote from Charles Soule that we wanted to read to Paul? I do, and I've been reading it, and I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore, but I, I will. Yes. I will. <clears throat> can can you introduce it? And now <clears throat> a dramatic reading, a bullshit quote from Charles Soule, read by Chris from the Bagden Broadcast to Paul of the Bagden Broadcast. <laughs> So Wolverine's body's been missing. Uh, Tire Marvel Universe has been, you know, looking for him because it's the most important part of superhero puzzle. And long last, you know, he'll be found. Uh, I thought this was like a real opportunity to do things that would make him feel new and fresh in a way. If you come back from the dead, Paul, it should mean something. Mm. One of the outwardly physical manifestations of that is that now, from time to time, his claws, once they're popped... They can heat up. They can get really hot. Oh, well, that's the thing I didn't realize. They don't just get that hot. Was, that was, Paul, Paul, that was the, the official quote. Yeah. And that was the dramatic <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize it's only from time to time. And they get... Once, once they're popped, I will I will read it. From time to time, his claws, once they're popped, they can heat up. They can get really hot. Okay, so he came back I, I don't hell? like it. Maybe I don't, and that's the mystery. It like leads to a mystery, and it's a plot point, and it's not. You just are, the you last are time actually... just filling in <laughs> blanks yeah. with bullshit. <laughs> well, he's a lawyer, Charles Soul, and his day job. Anyways, I want to open my next beer and drink that. Let's not talk about crappy Wolverine closet. Anymore. I'm almost done with my next beer, and our next beer was another beer that we picked up, uh, well at Thin Man, and this is a beer I've had several times. This is the first time they've canned it. And this is Minky Boodle. This is a raspberry sour ale coming in at 7%. And this is a delightfully tart sour beer. This isn't an overpowering. It's not a blow-your-palate-out sour. It is just a tart raspberry flavor that comes through. Hot, a hot day, this is perfect um, for outside drinking. And I, I really love this beer. It reminds <clears> me, <throat> if you took one of those real fruit juice bars, like those frozen juice bars, uh, real fruit uh, popsicles, okay, and just melted it. <laughs> you know, it's honestly, I don't know, I don't know what it is. This reminds me of the Jelly Belly buttered popcorn. What jelly beans? No, like, have you had one of yeah. those? Yeah. Take a sip of it and just think that. I, I, I will try. And then you get, then you get like, a, then you get like a raspberry tart on the back, but it tastes like one of those. Okay, front end. Okay. But that raspberry tart just, like, makes me... Yeah, no, like, I mean, the raspberry tart's there, too, but, like, when I... Mm-hmm. First take. Like, when you even smell it, it smells like one of those tastes. It's really weird. I get more... Okay. I get more raspberry. Yeah, but... uh, it's To me, it's like having a, a ra- the raspberry lambic without the sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would agree with that, yeah. When I smack my lips, I get the, like, the raspberry lambic, but it's more of the tart mm-hmm. than, like, the... The syrupy, like sweet. But do you enjoy? It's not bad. Okay, no, I, I I like it. I like I like the buttered popcorn <laughs> jelly bellies. Yeah, I was like, um, I don't. What, what are you? I saying think with those this? are disgusting. So I don't. I don't. I don't. The two. Uh, John, I think you just need to go to like your local supermarket. Just take one out of like the bulk bin, eat it, and then be like, okay, I, I see this. It's weird, 
I like it. It's not bad, but I don't know because I haven't had one of those in years since like the Harry Potter movies were coming out. And when uh, Jan and I would go see them at the midnight showings, we'd always get like the the bag full of like the assorted Jelly Belly Jelly Beans. This I haven't had those in years. I haven't thought about them in years. But take a sip, I was like, holy shit, Jelly Belly Butter Popcorn. I think like now that like uh, the beer is passed, I like I, I've, it's been a while. I still have those flavors dancing my tongue. I think I can see that flavor, that popcorn flavor on my tongue, like as an aftertaste. So I can see where you might be getting that. Uh, but that was uh, also the the can has raspberries and what looks like space ghost on it. Uh, it does with lightning bolts. Yeah, that's totally space ghost, right? I mean, there's no one else it could be. He's got the triangle on his chest with like the little blob on it. He's got like that's the space ghost. mask. Could be. That's Space Ghost. Right over there? Yeah. Right there? It looks a little like him. Paul says it looks a little like him. That's Space Ghost. You heard it here Plus first. Interview. You got Space Ghost. Whoa, whoa, guys. What if we bring back Space Ghost? Uh, but he has claws that can get, like, really hot. And he has a talk show. <laughs> that was a fun talk show. That was a fun show. I always enjoyed that was yeah, Ghost. Space Ghost. I always Ghost enjoyed it, was too. fun. They just recorded those interviews that they just took interviews that they that somebody else already did, right? Like, at a press trunket, and then just had space, wrote in Space Ghost's lines afterwards, right? I don't think so. Those it's, were actual... No, it, it seemed very disjointed. Yeah. I always felt like it was an interview segment that they just took from something, and then just wrote in Space Ghost questions. I don't know, because the people who were on it were people who would... Who would do it? Who would do it. I don't know. Yeah, but they would do it knowing that, like, okay, well, we're going to just, like talk to you about stuff and then we're just going to intercut that into like whatever randomness that space ghost is saying Mm -hmm. that's how i felt but that's a show that's over 15 years old and nobody knows about it except for us and maybe a few of our listeners hey thanks for listening everybody and uh we should get right into our list right which are comic books yeah let's talk about that are coming out this week june 13th 2018. That's uh, that's all true, John or Paul. Oh. Everything you just said, Chris. What are you looking? I, at? I, I said John because you were introducing, and I'm pulling up my book. Yeah. Um, my book. It's actually going to be Titan Special Number One. Uh, this is written by Dan Abnett, and this is the dawn of a new age of Titans after the fallout from the Batman Metal event and No Justice. Uh, Nightwing's putting together a new team of Titans alongside. Batman, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Superman, and Wonder Woman. I'm getting Minky Boodle. Um, I'm hoping this is one of those almost like Justice League, like, hey, we're going to put together the team. Let's talk about the different people that we want on the team and what they bring to the table oh. before we get, like, Titans or Teen Titans, whatever it's going to be called, New Titans, number one. I'm really hoping... That's what it is, because I always like those, like, hey, here's superheroes sitting around the table talking about who they want to want to have on the team. That Brad Meltzer, Justice League number zero issue. That, yeah. Yeah. Those those bringing the team together and, like, discussing the team around a bo- Oh, it's so much fun. That's what I'm hoping it is. You know is. why? Because um, it's like a draft <laughs> or a bracket. <laughs> like a, it is like a draft. Are you looking forward to a draft book? Oh, no, I'm looking forward to a book that I wasn't I didn't even realize was coming out because wait a second. Marvel owns Disney, right? Like that yes, that happened. Yes, they do. Right, that's true. That happened. That was real. Marvel 
publishes comic books. Right? They don't just do movies. That's true. They make them. Mm-hmm. So, why does IDW... Ha- why is IDW publishing a Disney's Tangled, the series comic book? Uh, I believe they also ah. do, like, the Disney stuff, too. Yeah. Or is it Boom that does, like, the... the Boom does the... The, the DuckTales? DuckTales. The currently, now. Uh-huh. So, I have no idea why it's there. And maybe that's why I missed issue one of this book. So, I'm looking forward to... Disney's Tangled, the series, issue two. Uh, and this is what got me. Uh, one, I love Tangled. Rapunzel is my favorite Disney princess. Uh, and Eugene Fitzherbert is one of the best rogues out there. Maybe better than uh, Han Solo, because I haven't seen his movie. But, <laughs> but uh, this is... They, I mean, they did good with Solo. They just couldn't get his nose right. <laughs> oh. Uh, this says tangle jokes. Mm-hmm. This seems like it's a two-part, like a two-two-story sure. issue. Yeah. Uh, the second story seems to be the citizens of Cor- uh, Corina, Corina, Corona. Corona. Oh, Corona! Like the uh, the outline of a, of a sky of a, a yep. sun. That, that, yeah. That's why their uh, their logos are sun. Uh, start to walk around barefoot, like the princess they adore. That's nice news for everyone, except for the town cobbler. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Economics. What happens when your demand goes to zero and your supply stays the same? I'm excited to see how they solve that problem. God, Paul, you like books for the worst reasons. Um, <laughs> like, it's the opposite Paul. problem that the Tom's Company shoe place has. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're supplying shoes to, to people that don't need them. They're, they're decimating local markets. I'm <laughs> like... That's an interesting economic phenomenon. Let's see what happens when your what happens when your product falls out of fashion. Okay. Uh, who knew that was a, that who wearing was actually a fad and not a culturally sustainable uh good and or service. Paul, have you watched any of the Tangled series? Uh, no, yeah. because I I I don't I I think I have that channel. I just don't know when it's on, and I don't watch okay. TV. Like yeah. live, so it's one. Of those uh, I watched. I think like I watched like the first four or five episodes of it, and it's really well done. It's a little bit different art style. Like it, yeah, it's, it's that very, flash um, animation almost. Yeah, like flat pastel. Uh, but everyone came back to voice their characters. Mm-hmm. It it picks up like right after the movie leaves off. It's it's pretty well done. I saw the short where they lose the ring. Well, well, Pascal and that's good, Max Maximus. Oh, uh, that's good. I like that one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, one of those it, things that I'm sure I'll eventually go online to the website, and I'm pretty sure they have them all there on like Disney XD or whatever it is that website. I'm, and as long they, as I plug in my username and password for Verizon FiOS, I'll be able to get it. They probably do. I think it's just a big step up from what we used to have after something like Aladdin came I out did and they had the Aladdin. You son of! I like that Saturday morning <laughs> cartoon series. I mean, there was a street Paul, urchin that Paul, was. I witch. watched them all too. The street urchin that I, was a witch that was in those. love with Aladdin and be like, "No, you're a street urchin. I'm a street urchin. You should be in love with me." I don't know. I just really love that love triangle that they developed. No, Paul, I, I watched all those too. The Little Mermaid one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like. I watched the Jungle Book Jungle Cubs one because I loved the Jungle Book as a kid. Retrospect though, they're not good. Well. This is at least like they've learned. They've learned what to do now. Okay. 
I, I so want to do a power ranking of Disney Saturday morning cartoon shows right now, and you don't uh, even understand. Write it down. Not not ups. I know. Paul. We'll do that for not ups because that's okay. I'm putting that in the doc. John, you need to talk. Go a for bit, it, man. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I, I didn't have much to say. Uh, but my book is uh, number nine of Mitch Gerald's and uh, uh, Tom King's Miracle Man. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I've talked very much about this book for the last year. Uh, but I'm actually going to read to you from 15 Things You Didn't Know About Space Ghost Coast to Ghost. Uh, the guests were interviewed at CNN bureaus. Uh, at first, acting students were hired to wear Space Ghost suits and interview the celebrities. But the guests kept laughing at the ridiculousness of it all. The producers eventually settled in having George Lowe, who was the voice, ask questions through a phone patch into the guest's ear while the celebrities pretended that they were able to see the animated host. Later, the writers would add quips from Space Ghost in response to the answers and gave him new questions to ask to make the taped answers sound crazy. So they they did post write those questions yeah. so, it was a, so it was a little bit of everything yeah. so they had him there asking questions and uh, then they just undercut it i had found that and then paul just like kept talking and i was like man where the <laughs> hell do i put this in so and then he's like hey you haven't said anything john because well, i became self-aware <laughs> uh but that'll lead us into another dramatic reading that chris is gonna do and this is a dramatic <clears throat> reading from Bre- I gotta take a sip of oh. my uh, my raspberry popcorn take, beer. Hold take on. Your time. Take your time. You tell me when you're ready. <sighs> I'm I'm ready, ready now. now. And ready now. Right now. Right now. Okay, you're good. Wait. Yeah. Okay. And now a dramatic reading from Batman number thirty-seven, panel twenty-two, page one. The end. And that was a dramatic reading from Batman, number 37, page 22, panel 1. I forgot that book ended that way. <laughs> uh, I, I downloaded that one because I was like, oh, this will be a good one. And it opened to that page, and I was like, oh, okay, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> They're getting married now. I am so not interested. Yeah, I saw um, when I was pulling my books for the list for the month of June, there's a lot of like special one-off stories that deal with like the lead-up to Batman and Catwoman getting married. In case you're curious what we were talking about, because you haven't seen the panel, um, the panel was from the Double Date Night issue of Batman. Uh, I guess there's a lot of stuff happening in the lead-up where Batman's fighting against different members of the Rogues Gallery. It's almost like a weekly one-off series where it's like each week, hey, here's Batman versus Hush. Here's Batman versus Anarchy. Uh, I'm not interested in so much of that. It's just like the fact that it's happening. Like, okay, cool. But is it Batman? Knowing what I know about, is it Batman fighting everybody that's not on his uh, guest list for his wedding? It's basically everyone that has to sit on the bride side. Like he has to fight him first. I think. Okay. That's kind of how it works. Like their save the date was like, I want to fight you in this alley. Here's a magnet for your fridge. Did you hear about him selecting his best man? There was an issue that came out, apparently. I know the nerds went crazy about it. I didn't see that. Because it was like no. a bachelor party kind of thing set up, where it was like Tim, 
Dick Grayson and Clark Kent doing a boys' night on the town, and of course, you know, they run into trouble. And Superman basically says, "You know, Dick, you're you're my best friend. Of course, I'd want you to be my best man, but you're so busy with what's happening in uh, Gloomhaven, not Gloomhaven, Bloodhaven. Gloomhaven's (laughs) the game we play, Paul." In Bloodhaven, I don't want to take you away from that. You're its only. You're the city's only protector. Uh, so Clark, would you be my best man? <laughs> so Superman is going to be Batman's best man, and the nerds went crazy because <laughs> everybody's like, "How is Bruce Wayne going to explain why like this reporter yeah. from Metropolis is his yeah. best man?" And I'm like, "Guys, it's a wedding issue." We all know what happens as soon as a wedding issue comes out. They reboot the entire comic books line, and it never has happened. Case in point: Green Green Arrow and Black Canary. <laughs> so this is it's going to go back to original continuity then, or a Maybe. totally new continuity? It's going to because be... the Batman stuff seemed like it stayed. I mean, the with the new Fifty Two, it stayed with most of the continuity from before, right? But then they de-aged them, and then Tim wasn't really a robin but he was a robin well he was red robin he wasn't robin right they're gonna redo all that again they're gonna redo it all yep and he's not gonna be married anyway so it all doesn't matter nothing matters nothing makes sense live your lives as best you can and just hope for the best that i mean sage works Paul. wow i wasn't expecting to get life lessons from the big broadcast this is 272 but it happened yeah yeah Looks like an ice cream. I did expect, though, to talk about a main topic. Oh, yeah, and this is a book that I don't have loaded up on my phone because I was typing away on the Google Doc. Uh, This is Legend of Korra, book, uh, volume one, or book one, Turf War, or Turf War, volume one. Uh, I don't know who's the writer and artist on this. Do you guys have it loaded? Uh, I, I have it up. I will let you know in a second. Uh, this was written by Michael Dante DiMartino with art by Irene Coe. Mm. And which Michael Dante DiMartino, I feel like I've seen him on other stuff that we've read. Yeah, he did a lot of the actual Avatar: The Last Airbender books. Right. He, he's one of the he's the co-creator, one of the co-creators. Yeah, he's okay, the co-creator. So that, that makes it then. Yeah, it's all he's done is written <laughs> Avatar books. Uh, Canadian, I believe. Uh, so here we are. Moments after the series finale of The Legend of Korra, uh, she is taking her girlfriend away on a like little vacation, well-earned, to the spirit world to kind of show her like what it's all about. And uh, it's very short-lived, and you realize the spirits are angry because Korra uh, kept open two... Uh, well, actually opened up a third spirit world junction to the in our world, right in the heart of Republic City, which is the large metropolis. Uh, if you don't know anything about the world of Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender, please stop what you're doing right now and just go to Amazon because that's where they all are. If you're a Prime member, you can watch the whole series for free. And I think it's worth the, DVD, the price of DVDs. Uh, start with the very first book with Aang and keep on going. Because uh, it's a fun, different, uh, kung fu, weird-inspired world. Uh, it, it's 
very easy to get into. Um, Paul made us back in the beginning of this podcast. We reviewed, I think, the first series, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Chris and I were holdouts that we didn't want to watch it. Then we finally, like, we watched it and we both loved it. Uh, when I was watching it, DVD player in the living room, you know, at that mm-hmm. time I was living with my mom, and my mom's like, "Ugh, what are you watching?" And then I'd come home and. Uh, I'd go to watch it and like the disc had been changed because my mom kept watching it while I wasn't there because she liked the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like anybody who watches these very easily fall into that. My mom is not someone who would find like an anime style cartoon interesting enough to continue watching. She just likes to watch Monk. <laughs> my, uh, my wife and I, because <laughs> we were married at the time that this was coming out, like it was during college that the second book was being released. By the time they actually got the third book, third season of the original series uh, released, Kate and I were already married. Like, we started watching it during book two together, like, when I would visit her up in the dorm rooms. Like, this is one of the show. I've said it before, this is one of the shows that had a marathon on while I was in college, and I skipped the whole day of school just to watch it. Like, I watched the, one of the episodes, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm missing... Cl- uh, my, my. Guess uh, I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day. Because <laughs> I'm missing statistics class today, and then I'm like, oh, there's, it's a marathon. Guess I'm missing history class today, and then I'm like, oh, this marathon's continuing. I'm missing my third class today. I'm done. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, and I fell in love with it. And this was the only series that I actually went and bought on iTunes. <laughs> Because the DVDs weren't out yet, but they were releasing them almost live. Yeah, every With week it, it would it would go up. I would get Netflix another. Or, uh, I would be able to buy for what like a dollar ninety nine an episode yeah. or something. So I did it. I'm like, screw it. I need to keep up. I don't have cable right now because we just got married. And I'm like, and Kate and I would grab the laptop and watch it like every Sunday morning. We'd watch it in bed, like that episode that came out. That Bloodbender episode is still Kate's favorite. No, that's so good. Like. Holy shit, that's crazy and awesome. Uh, Legend of Korra is, again, like one of those things that... Like, Kate and I, we watched it for a seri- season of it, and for whatever reason, it just didn't click as much with us. And we didn't... Re- I didn't watch the second season, and I didn't even realize there was a third. Like, I know I probably knew it back when it was first coming out, and I just never went for it. Um, I think those seasons are up on Amazon as well. I think that's mm-hmm. where I watched them. Um, I uh, I get up early in the mornings. I get up about three hours before I need to like get ready to go to work. Yeah. So I would uh, get cleaned up. I'd have breakfast and I'd sit and then I'd watch two, three, four episodes of a show. Like that's my morning ritual. I veg out and I watch something and. Those were a show that I would just sit, I just sat and watched. And I, it was one of those ones I didn't even keep up with the first season when it aired, like you did or Chris did. But it was, you know, two years ago sitting, you know, sitting in a lazy boy every morning watching those shows. And yeah, I, I, it takes a little bit getting into. It's definitely a turn for what Avatar The Last Ender, the original Avatar was, The Last Airbender what that show was and then taking a different look about this world that years later a generation later uh is now is now where it is and it's i think it's very very different and i appreciate it it seems a little more 
adult mm-hmm. than most of the themes in the original Avatar were. But I think two is um, that second season gets very far away from even the kiddie stuff of playing in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I didn't like of that the first season of that second series of the sec- of the Legend of the Korra series. Uh, but man, even the third season and. I very vaguely remember what happened in the third season, and while reading this, I was like, oh, yeah! Oh, that was messed up when that happened. Like, it was bringing all those memories back to me, and I was like, man, I think this is... The fact that we didn't get a fourth uh, season of this, this book is the beginning of the fourth season. Not only that, the art looks exactly exactly like the cartoon, and it's spot on. Uh, The feel is there. And I had absolutely no trouble reading this book and would continue reading the series. Chris, you kept uh, up. Sorry, there, there actually, there were four seasons. Of were there oh, four? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I... I um, one more than I did, I don't want to... I don't want you guys to judge me, but I never kept up on this series. I only watched the first season, and then after that, I just... I didn't continue on. It's not that I didn't like it. I really enjoyed it. I... Love the uh, original Avatar: mm-hmm. Last Airbender. I was excited to see it come back, but I just—I'm this way with TV shows. It's nothing against them. It's just a problem that I have with keeping up on things. I didn't continue on. Like it stayed on my radar. I was aware of what was happening in it because it would pop up on my newsfeed for different stuff that I was following. I just didn't watch episode to episode, week to week, however you uh, mm-hmm. want to look at it. I I'm that way now, even with stuff that I loved like Flash and Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. I still haven't seen the Black Lightning show, which the first season of it's already over and done with. Like I could watch it on Netflix right now. I'm just I'm terrible about this kind of thing. And reading this book made me realize, like, man, sometimes I should probably do the work and follow up and keep up on things because even though I knew right when this book was picking up I felt at a disadvantage because I hadn't seen how these characters had grown and what brought them to that point besides just like the story beats that I had seen on online yeah because this is this starts off with a very just personal story about a couple that just wants to run away and be a couple for a while without the judgment of the world around them and then they come home and they start telling people selectively and they, you know, get, you know, emotional about the responses that they see because, you know, spoilers, it's a same sex couple. It's, which is kind of cool to see in a quote unquote kid story, even though it feels, you know, more, a little bit more grown up. Um, it's, it's, you know, they're going into the spirit world, but it's a very human story about just wanting a moment to yourself or to yourselves and just to share a moment with your partner. So, uh, and that's what I loved about the avatar series. Like all this crazy stuff's happening all over the place, but all the characters react in very human and rounded ways. Like Aang ran away because he was afraid like of the responsibility. And he's like, I can't handle all this. Like everybody responds in a way that you can relate to and understand. And here again, in this book, like every character responds in ways we get. 
Yeah. And that's what brings me into these uh, these over-the-top crazy stories where the spirit world's like, no, you opened up this portal. It's your job to protect it. Uh, and when you're not protecting it, because it's only 77 pages, so we've basically covered everything now, uh, we're going to come out yeah. from the spirit world and mess up some shit in your world. And uh, there are going to be ramifications in book two. Or four. So apparently Republic City was a little bit destroyed and they're in the middle of rebuilding and the gangs have gone a little crazy and are now trying to pick up their turf. They're bringing, yeah, the the lines of what the turfs used to be um, are now kind of not exactly there anymore. So mm-hmm. now they're trying to take over more land and one person is is really consolidating, really taking oh. it o- over, over all of it. Um before we talk any more about the book, do we want to get into our last beer? Is everybody um, ready for this? Yeah, we get, we're going to do the, the two tickets. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah, I have it here. I haven't uh, popped yet. I'm doing that right now, though. Let me uh, cleanse my palate of the... It is a little foamy. I poured it into two um, two glasses. Paul and I are splitting this one. I'm trying to get the uh, sour. This uh, one's got a little bit oh, of a tartness Paul. to it as well. Um, yeah, Paul, I think if you take a sip of this after... Because I still had a little bit of the Mickey Doodle. Um, this kind of it doesn't function as a palate cleanser. This like it, it fits right alongside the Mickey Doodle. So John, I think uh, you made the right call going from the Mickey Doodle to this. It it works. Uh, yeah, uh, this this beer is I like it a lot. Chris, you want to describe the beer? Yeah. Talk about it. <clears throat> um, I brought this up to Buffalo when I came up last month to to visit and this is another collaboration this is from gravity brew lab in miami florida it was brewed in hollywood florida alongside evil twin brewings and this is two tickets this is a belgian grand crew with uh coffee and lacuma added i'm not sure what lacuma Lacuma is is a peruvian ecuadorian fruit that grows on um like a evergreen tree that grow about 20 feet high i looked it up wow I'm glad you did, um, because you definitely get like a nice, like tart tropical fruit off of this. But it's alongside that coffee, like right up at the front. Like nothing really overpowers the other uh, taste or flavor. Uh, this is a a bigger boy. This is a 11% ABV beer, but um, I I'm really enjoying this. It is very good. It is very complex. The Grand Crew. It's almost like. Like that lacuma, it's almost like a like bubblegum popping. Yeah. Uh, to me, this would be gr- a great fall beer because it has that coffee, the Grand Cru kind of – it's almost like a – in a I don't want to say cinnamony, but it has like a, a spice to it. And then you get this yeah, nice tartness from tell. the fruit. So it's like, oh, it's a nice like 50 to 60s degree day. Um, it's warm enough to kind of be sitting out on the the porch after raking some leaves, and I'm going to sit down and have a beer. And this would be something I would really enjoy on a fall day. It's it's so complex because you get that like the all coffee like up front, but then it kind of weaves through with that tropical flavor. But you still get that coffee roastedness alongside it. Um, I had opened mine and I took a sip, and I wasn't sure where it was going to land. I was like, man, because these are tall boy cans too. I was like, man, am I going to be able to drink a whole one of these? So I split it with Paul 
just to play it safe. Mm-hmm. It's 11%. Mm-hmm. It's 11% too. Uh, and that Minky Boodle at 7% drinks way too easy. The other one <clears throat> drinks way too easy for 7%. And then this also drinks easy, but I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to finish a can, and I didn't want to waste the beer. Mm-hmm. So I split it with um, with Paul. But I could very easily drink this and drink it way too fast. Yeah, I'm probably it's a it's a really easy drinker. I'm probably going to pass it over to John. Not because I'm not enjoying it. It is great. Everything that John said, it, the spice, like what you were saying, that coffee roastness that just rolls over the tongue. It's delicious, but it's 11%, and we're finishing up the episode. And, <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to finish this beer and and be sober. Uh, so I'm going to pass, especially since I slammed down the Bolt City. <laughs> you did drink a whole now. other beer. Uh, because I it was in front of me. And I was really thirsty, and I thought it was a beer we were drinking for the show. And John's like, "No, we're drinking things in the fridge. Why would you drink the beer that's right in front of you?" Because clearly, I cannot. There's no, there's no other beers out here. There's no pretense for why you should drink that. It just was on the table. There's, <laughs> here's a sponge candy. Uh, you want to drink that too? It's just sitting here. It was right in front of my microphone. I always will drink the glass with idocaine powered powder that's in it. That's right in front of me. Uh. <laughs> But you would know that, Paul. Yeah. And and John would because, know that. You know, as well. came so obviously he's not gonna put it right in front of you. Because I don't came powder, as we all know, has its origin in Australia. And Australia is is built on a bunch of thieves. So therefore, the most untrusting worthy people. Okay, that's enough of that. Uh, that's enough, Francis. But um I I really like this beer. I have never had anything from Gravity Brew Lab before. Um I picked this up solely on the pedigree of Evil Twin, and I thought uh, it's something that brewed in Florida that I can bring back up to Buffalo. It's just like something we can drink and enjoy together. I'm glad we finally did. Uh, It's been a month. Uh, I'm also just glad that it's a really good beer, and I didn't expect it to like hit this well like i thought it'd be something new and different to try like it's a belgian grand crew with coffee and like some weird fruit that i hadn't heard of okay like cool let's let's discuss uh it's always nice when a plan comes together (laughs) uh yeah it's a great looking uh the art on the can is really good looking as well um it's it's crazy don't say that i the only reason I picked this can up to begin with, like, I bought it in a four-pack. I forget how much it was, but I couldn't tell what it said. Well, well, too, if you ever look at my notes from, um, like, an episode, it's just full of crazy doodles. So I like I was like, oh, this is this is just like what I would write around on my, on my notebook. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised that the Lakuma was a fruit. I thought a Grand Crew with coffee and maybe some type of like spice or cinnamon or something like that would be um, what it was. But it's definitely this fruit. It has a little tartness to it. Very, very unique, um, to, to say the least. It's not something I would expect. Um, I'd ex- I just – there, I, it's not something I would really expect how smooth and easy drinking mm-hmm. this is. 11%. You can easily knock this back and realize uh, after the fact that you've made a mistake. Yeah. That's why, yeah. That's why I'm glad I caught it. It was 11% because I would have kept drinking it thinking I would be fine. And I'm like, no, it does not. Pass it, it over. It's like it's 11%. Um, <laughs> and I just I Googled Grand Cru to see what it actually means. And it's French for great growth. Hmm. 
usually used in conjunction with uh, wine or cognacs. All I know is in French, a potato is known as a ground apple. Mm. <laughs> Which I think is funny because that's what I refer, would refer to apples that you would find in like uh, those side scrolling. No, no, side scrolling uh, video games. You know the beat 'em up games, uh, like uh, dun- uh, yeah, like Streets of Rage, and- uh, Streets of Rage, Double Dragons. Like where you'd punch a garbage can and there would be an apple there, and you're like, or a full turkey. <laughs> Why would he eat that? Yeah, yeah, like the roast beef that came out of a garbage can. What are you doing? <laughs> It's going to help that's you. A, that's a freaking ground it's, apple. It's going to give you muscles. And also, I once referred to it that way because, you know, I would put my lunch on, on the passenger seat of the car, and I would have a, as we all know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and an apple. And if you break too hard, that apple that's on that chair Ooh, it, falls on the floor. It's going to roll. It's, it's going to roll away. It's a big old news on it, too. And, once, and every once in a while, I would have to drive somebody someplace work and they'd be like why is there an apple on the floor here and i'm like uh you know because i put my lunch and i explained it all well why don't you just eat it i'm like i'm not a 16-bit fighting character i don't just eat ground apples (laughs) and they're like what are you talking about potatoes (laughs) so there you go roundabout way to bring us back to the legend of korra No, the art looks exactly like the cartoon series. Yeah, it's... It feels like an episode. The characters' voices match 100%. I love uh, Mako making all the jokes, being like the you know fun side character, even though he's a part of the police now. And, uh, yeah, yeah uh, he, he was always the straight man before, because Bolin was the... Oh, am I switching the two guys' names? Yes. I am. Bolin is making all the jokes, and then Mako, he's there, you know, being like... Yeah, so the girl I used to date and the girl I used to like are now dating. <laughs> so that's that. He's 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 taken back a little bit. Yeah, he's <laughs> poor guy. That that's a rough situation for him to be in. Yeah, but he's kind of. Eh, I think he had it coming. <laughs> he, he's a bit of a jerk. Uh, I don't. Know, I didn't think he was a jerk. Uh, he didn't watch more than one season. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, he's Zuko. I from, haven't read uh, any Wolverine. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed this book, though, and the fact that I could read a comic book based off of a cartoon series that I hadn't watched since 2012 and be like, wow, I've, I've missed out. I need to go back and get more about these characters. That says something to me. Like, I've already Googled, like, okay, how can I watch this? Like, where can I see the rest of it? Because I want to get back into this world. And, Paul, you hit the nail on the head when you are talking about it's a crazy big story. It's someone dealing with spirits and having all these elemental powers, but at its core, it's very just intrinsically human. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's dealing with stuff. It's dealing with that new relationship. And how do you tell your friends and family about it? And you have the family members that are accepting, like when Cora goes home to her family at the water track and they're like, no, like we're cool with this. Be careful though. Cause other people might might not be as yeah. as cool with what you guys are doing, but like we love you, we care, we respect it. And then you have that teenage girl blow up at the parents when they weren't they didn't mean anything, but she's yeah. reading something in, and I was like, oh man, that is totally the voice of a teenage girl. I, I assume that Cora is like nineteen at this point. Maybe that's just me reading into the character, and I no, I, I see like late late teens. Yeah, on nineteen, it. maybe twenty, twenty one. 
somewhere, yeah, somewhere. I would say somewhere between like seventeen and and uh, higher, seventeen and twenty. But I, I, using my limited viewing of uh, Legend of Korra, she knew she was the Avatar right from a very young age and stepped up and owned that role. So she, again, even kind of tying into the comic, like she's just a character that's very big and impulsive, like. She knows what she knows, and she's going to act on it because, hey, she already knows what she knows. Like, she's got the information she needs to move forward. It's, it's overall, this world is so much fun and so deep and so expansive. I love what they did with this series, which was really did what Star Wars wants to do, which is take the original series and move it a gener- one generation forward, but still feel like it belongs in the same world. And I know some people have problems with, you know, the new Star Wars movies. And I'm like, well, if you, you have a problem with that, then come to Avatar. Well, not Avatar, but The Last Airbender and experience that and see how they did the time jump forward and see if that works better for you. Um, I, because I think that it was such a huge shove forward because you go from just that very like feudal Japan to like hey now we have steam technology even Asami's family like they come from like an industrial mm-hmm. revolution standpoint where it's like no like we're we're innovators like we're building stuff like here's a car <laughs> you guys have you guys seen a car before craziness mm-hmm. well they had tanks um, back in the the original. Oh, that's true, yeah. So, but it's, yeah, it's like using that world's mythology and then adding in technology to create new stuff. And it all feels like it fits. It doesn't feel like, oh, that's just weird and additive. Like, everything feels like it belongs and it makes sense as a next step. And this feels like the next step for those stories they were telling in the cartoon series. And I don't. I'm not whiplashed. I don't feel like I'm. I don't feel like I missed too much. But what I did miss, I do want to see. So I will mm-hmm. go back because I am a Prime member. So I will watch these eventually. Uh, yeah, there's a way to get do that. Yeah. Uh, so I'll make uh, Kate and I maybe on my, my next Monday Fun Day. That's what we'll do. We'll sit down and watch some Avatar. I'll get some sushi and some uh, edamame beans and. Some, some sky bison milk. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Some, Makes you fly. Uh, Gives you wings. I, I think I, it could just be reading this, like... And cabbage. I don't know. Oh, Paul, do you know when this book came out? No. I, I don't. Okay. Actually, have that. Um, I, I know we didn't really talk about the book in depth as much as we do, but it's just... It's them dismantling this gang war alongside Korra talking to friends and family members about her relationship and just how society and then like the different tribes view it. But this one's like all set up for who these characters are. And then just the bigger story. Cause you wind up with one of those gang members being cursed by one of the spirits for yeah, like dwelling too close and like infringing on like the, the portal ground. Uh, I, I, I really, I really dug this book. It, it made me feel like I missed out on four years of awesome cartoons. Uh, IMDb has, or not IMDb, I'm sorry. Uh, Comixology has it listed that this book was released August 8th, 2017. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is pretty recent then. Holy crap. Last year. 
Um, so even then, like three years from the time that the series wrapped up until they picked up the the threads and continued on with it, that's that's really cool. And that might also uh, just be when the Comicsology got Comicsology it. Comicsology got it, or when um, the series was collected as a a volume. So, well, but to to kind of like circle back to what I was going to get to, um, I think we're old enough that we were able to consume Avatar because Paul brought it to us, and then we could see like, oh, hey, they have this new cartoon spinning out of it. Now it's in three years, but I mean, we're, we're still the same people that we were then. Like, we can read this comic that spins out of that cartoon that spun out of the cartoon. We we didn't necessarily grow up with this. We were already fully formed people that knew who we were and what we liked. But I can only imagine the kids that watched Avatar growing up then had Legend of Korra presented to them like, wow, this was a thing that I liked. Okay, let's see how it's aged. And now they're a little bit older. Like they could pick up this book and maybe see what they're going through. It's cheesy but maybe one of those representation matters Mm -hmm. like where someone could be dealing with this like where they're in their first like homosexual relationship and now like they're dealing with like well here i am here we are i have to tell people about this and getting that viewpoint of like family accepts you your family no matter what you never, Here we are, like, seeing how the different nations, like, no, the Fire Nation used to be cool with everything. And then Sozin came. Oh, I hate that guy. That was the worst. It, it, I, and, and, like, I like how, like, even the uh, the Air Nation, like, there's, like, no, Air Nation doesn't care. Like, you go wherever the wind takes you, like, <laughs> do what you gotta do. The Earth Nation was the most Earth, stubborn, <laughs> and they were, like, you know. Yeah, Earth Kingdom, like, uh, they're, they're not, like, the quickest on things. <laughs> I, I like all those little touches that still keep with this being a human story, but so deep seated into that like avatar history and story. Like nothing in here came out of left field. Like it all makes sense within the mythology and the story that I've been told. And even if I wasn't partaking of it at the time, like knew about, Proper world building, man. And you yeah. stay true to the world building, it all just will make sense for all the and, readers. And everything easily evolving. I mean, you mentioned, like, the the bloodbenders, and then the the metalbenders, who are mm-hmm. earthbenders, and then even the magma, when uh, yeah. when he started... <laughs> oh, that was really cool. Bolin I didn't know that was spinning the rocks and makes it into, like, magma and then throws it. Like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense with those you're gonna need new swords dude <laughs> uh, i completely forgot about that part but then when i read it and it happened i was like no that makes sense in the realm of earth bending but it's such a cool moment like i don't know if that happened in the cartoon but now i'm like yo like bola went from like the somewhat tubby like fun character to like no like this this dude can be a threat too yeah the slapstick guy to uh <laughs> to to an actual hero yeah i I think everything about this works um it actually reading this is like man i should just start back at book one Mm -hmm. move it all through do it all again what's stopping me i loved it all i've watched it multiple times anyways like yeah no it's great let's do it again line it up 
Line up the shots. Line it up. Start it up. So good. Uh, Yeah. And uh, if you like Airbender as much as we do, let us know over on the Facebook. Find us wherever you listen to us. Rate and review us. It helps other people find our show. And uh, we uh, always enjoy those reviews. Uh, We we usually read them online when we get one. We haven't checked. We haven't gotten one in a long time. We haven't checked either. No, I've I've. You you keep checking. I keep checking on iTunes. Yeah. (sighs) How's your worth? Is it still low? (laughs) So nobody's doing it. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. Nobody. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Just try to live your life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, find us uh, the next episode. We're trying to get back on a regular schedule where we can break down all the news for you. And. Well, 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 I'm not introducing it next week as well, breaking down. You realize well, that, right? You don't have to. We will. No, but yeah, because we'll. He'll we'll... interrupt me. Let's see. 